Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. There are no announcements or programming notes up front, so let's go ahead and dive right on in. And taking a look at all the news that has been coming out here, I am starting to notice a trend. There appears to be a competition between Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis and Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And the competition is either to be Trump's running mate in 2024 or at least to show who is the best leader among Republican governors. So as you know, Ron DeSantis has gone off and has started making waves, passing new legislation in order to fight back against the left, against their Marxist movement, against social media censorship, so on and so forth. Texas, they have another means by which they can compete, means by which Florida really doesn't have the ability to compete because Florida is not a state along the border. And Governor Greg Abbott has a plan to bypass the Fed in order to be able to enforce immigration laws. So from the red state, Texas border wall, Governor Greg Abbott's plan is to bypass the Fed. From the report, we learn that the intentions behind the temporary fence, which we know can be easily scaled over or cut apart, and the no trespassing signs are to draw a bright line between the state and federal jurisdiction. So I understand that there has been some criticism about the Texas border wall or what they propose as a border wall, that it's a weak structure, easy to get past. And I get that, but there are some clear intentions behind it. One, the Texas government doesn't have necessarily all the money or the funds to continue the construction of Trump's border wall. And with Trump's border wall being on federal lands, there's kind of a question as to whether or not they would be able to go through and even continue with that wall. But the wall that they are building, the fencing that they are building, has clear intention. The piece goes on. I asked what a chain link fence is going to stop. Texas DPS tells me the idea is to cut the feds out of the equation. No trespass signs allow them to arrest on local charges instead of calling border patrol. They will make migrants uh, or they will take migrants to jail for violating Texas law. Yes. So what's going on here? Ron DeSantis is putting up uh, a fence. Yes, it's a weak fence, but he's putting a no trespassing sign on those fences. And then he's having Texans patrol the border. And what he's doing here is he's setting up a situation whereby they don't have to call the border patrol because right now what is happening is if... Texas law enforcement catches illegal immigrants illegally crossing the border. What do they do? They have to call the border patrol, the federal government, who will come in and instead of deporting them, instead of enforcing immigration laws, are going to go through and transport them throughout the country, are going to go through and transport them to Republican states to which they plan on passing amnesty. And that's how they plan on flipping red states blue not by having better ideas, but by importing voters. So Texas is going off and saying, you know what? We're going to bypass that. We're just going to build a simple, cheap fence. We know that the ability to get through those fence is pretty easy. But by putting up a no trespassing sign, if illegal immigrants were to come over, cross over, and get past that fence, well, now, because it says no trespassing, those illegal immigrants have violated Texas law which means we no longer need to call Border Patrol agents who are just going to release them into the interior. No, no, no. That allows us to then arrest them, put them in jail, 
and bypass the federal government and basically change jurisdiction over who's going to be able to handle that illegal immigrant. Plus, it puts illegal activity on that illegal immigrant's record, which also hurts them when it comes to trying to make claims of asylum. But now the question becomes, what do you do afterward? Are you just delaying the inevitable? Meaning, let's say you go ahead, you catch them crossing the border illegally, they violated the no trespassing sign, now you've arrested them. Do you, the state of Texas, then have the ability to put them on a plane and send them back home? Or in the end, are you just going to have to turn them over to the federal government, in which case the end result is the same, and all you've done is delayed the inevitable and cost taxpayers more money? So I want to know the answer to this. I want to know more than just you're bypassing the feds in order to be able to arrest and jail the illegal immigrants who are coming over and breaking our laws. I want to know what the end result is going to be. If they can go through and just put them on a plane and send them back, that would be great. Bypass the federal government and say, hey, we caught this person. He was arrested. We sent them back home. If they can do that, great. But I, I don't know. I, I just have my skepticism that all this is doing is incurring more expenses in order to get the same results. So I'm going to want to go through and take a look at this even further to be able to determine whether the end result changes or if just having an arrest record is going to be damaging to their fake claims of asylum, to which we know 99% of the asylum claims or 99.5% or 99.9% of the asylum claims by which the Democrats are using to block deportation are all fraudulent. They don't actually meet any definition of asylum. They're just basically claiming asylum because they want to make more money. That is not what the asylum process is for. And so while this is good and while it looks good to the public to be able to say, hey, they're going up, they're bypassing the feds, and they're being able to go through and do something about this. Is this more than just show or is this something that's actually going to lead to getting our borders under control to be able to stop the illegal immigration? And let's face it right now, what Joe Biden is doing is he's aiding and abetting in the violation of the law and completely ignoring his constitutional responsibility to protect the states from invasion. And that's what this is. It's an invasion. It may not be a military invasion. But it's still the definition of an invasion, and it is very damaging and hurtful to the United States. So, of course, because it's damaging and hurtful to the United States, of course, the Democrats support it because they hate the United States. But depending on what the end result is here, this may be Texas showing other governors the way to being able to undermine and disrupt the Biden administration's attack on the United States to be able to go through and try and find ways to change jurisdiction of certain issues in order to be able to block and prevent Biden from being able to continue his assault. And so I congratulate on the ingenuity. I congratulate on the maneuvering. And depending on the results, I may congratulate them there. And this is what every Republican governor should be taking a look at. What can they do under their authority of the Constitution and under their authority of state law to be able to disrupt and block Biden from being able to destroy the country. So it will be interesting to see here, now that Texas Governor Greg Abbott has stepped up, what Ron DeSantis is going to do to try and 
up him, you know, to try and, you know, get a one up on him. Because Ron DeSantis has been rocking it, you know, with leading the fight against social media censorship in his state and leading the fight against critical race theory, to which other governors, and including mine, are following, at least to some degree. Now, personally, I wish my governor would actually step up and be a leader rather than a semi-fast follower of better leaders. So this is one of those things where I take a look at all the political offices that I could be taking a look at running for. And governor is one of them. Now, I've thought about running for the Senate or the U.S. House, but my wife has put a ban on that because she's not willing to put our kids or raise our kids anywhere near Washington, D.C. She says once they're grown and gone, I can go for it. But until then, we're not going to live anywhere near Washington, D.C. So I'm taking a look at other positions, and that could be governor and turn Iowa from a fast follower or a semi you know, speed follower to trying to take Iowa to being the leader of Republican states, going off and showing them how we defend states' rights and push back against the authoritarian Marxists. But until then, it looks like our two best governors are Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. In the meantime, though, Trump is stepping up his media presence. He took a little bit of a break, which I understand. After the election coup, And after four years of being under constant attack, that he would decide to take a few months off afterwards to be able to relax and be able to recharge. Well, now that that has happened, he is back out in the media and he is sounding off. And recently, Trump has blasted the media for how they cover Biden. He calls it the beginning of communism. And Trump sounds off. It's collusive. Nobody's seen anything like it, Trump said during an interview on The Michael Savage Show. Trump went on to say that corporate media outlets declared certain subjects to be off-limits during the 2020 election. That is the beginning of communism, Trump said. That is literally communism. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I will disagree with Trump on this point. This is not the beginning of communism. We're already in the middle of a communist takeover in the United States. The beginning of communism happened years ago, decades ago at this particular point in time. I would almost say that the beginning of communism started back in the Bush administration with how the media was going off and trying to cover Bush and has decided to give up truth, facts, and objective journalism in order to engage and basically turning the media into the marketing arm of the DNC. And it really took off during the Obama administration. I mean, the media's conduct during the Obama administration was horrible. They basically decided that their job was to follow Obama around with a pooper scooper cleaning up his messes, trying to hide it from the public, sweeping it all under the rug. Up until Biden got into office, Obama was the most criminal president the United States had ever known, the most crooked and corrupt president that the United States had ever known. And But now we got Biden, whose administration is illegitimate from the get-go. But at least Obama was elected, despite the fact that he was a complete and total disgrace and basically turned the government into a criminal operation, using government and to radicalize its employees to use government to target, as if this is Putin's Russia, to target political opponents and to engage in a two-tier justice system. 
So while yes, the media is turning is trying to turn this into a communist country with authoritarian dictators of the Democrat Party, where I disagree with Trump is that this isn't the beginning. The beginning started at least back in about 2000. We are in about the middle stage of the media's attempts to turn this country into a communist state with authoritarian dictators. So yes, Trump, I agree. The media is horrible and disgraceful. I just don't think it's just now starting that way. And I don't think it started that way at the moment you entered the campaign. It's been that way for a long time. And now that the authoritarian Marxists have seized control of D.C., it's just been one attack on the country after another. We already touched on the attacks that they are engaged in through the use of open border policies and illegal immigration to replace the voters. But it's been an attack on all fronts, on all of our rights, our First Amendment rights, our Second Amendment rights. It's been an attempt to replace the voters, but it's also an attack on us financially. We have seen inflation getting vastly out of control with economic devastation hitting the population of the country. And this is on purpose. The inflation, Biden loves the inflation. The Democrats love the inflation because they want to destroy individual wealth. For anybody who's not a Democrat member of an elected office in government, they want to destroy all economic prosperity because they want you to be dependent upon the government for your very survival. Because if you're dependent on the government, you're not free. They have control to dictate over your life. You will do this. You will publicly support this, or we're going to cut you off financially and you won't be able to survive. You're going to end up starving homeless in the street. That is their plan. And so now with all the talks about inflation that has gone on, the Democrats are trying to go off and say, no, 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 this isn't anything to worry about. It sure as hell is, especially if you're towards the bottom of the income scale, but they're trying to say, no, 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 don't worry. It's only temporary and expected. And now they're going off and they are shifting the narrative even further with Robert Rich saying, I don't listen to GOP screaming about inflation and then tries to explain why it's a good thing you are paying more. Yes, the Democrats actually believe inflation is good for you. You having to spend more money to maintain the quality of living you have now for you to have to go off and be broke is a good thing for you under the Democrats. Now, I know what some liberals are going to go off and say. Well, if the government wants you broke, then why is it that they are handing out so much money? Automatic payments. Well, it's real simple. It's the great manipulation. As they are going through there and doing more of the COVID stimulus, going through and giving you advances on the child tax credit, these are actually negatives on you. Think about this. First off, All of that government spending is destroying the value of the dollar, making it so that the money that you have gets less and less in return. It destroys the purchasing power. And then going off and trying to get you hooked on government money, hooked on the idea that this is free money paid for by a benevolent government, when in reality, what it does is it gets you dependent upon government money. So they're destroying the value of the dollar. And then they're trying to create dependency upon the government. Meanwhile, between the destruction of the value of the dollar, the money that they are giving you doesn't even make up for the lost purchasing power that you are losing through all the government spending. 
So while you're being manipulated to cheer on your financial destruction, they are going off and destroying your ability to live independently as they set up the ability for the government to rule over every aspect of your life. And they want to try and tell you this is a good thing. You having less money, or more specifically, you being able to afford less at the end of each month, they are setting this up as that's a good thing for you. Being broke, barely being able to cover your bills, struggling more each month after month, they want to tell you this is good. Your financial destruction is a good thing. It's good that you're paying more and you have less savings. Now, it's not good for you. It's good for the authoritarians in government that want you so desperate and so much pain that you're willing to sell all your rights, all your freedom for a false sense of security. This is the mindset of the left. It is an assault on the American people at all fronts. Destroy us economically. Destroy our alliances. Destroy global stability. And then collapse democracy through voter replacement. We are under nonstop attack by this fraudulent administration. And speaking of the nonstop attacks, the Democrats continue to abuse government to target their political opponents. Yes, it's Putin's Russia being implemented here in the United States. And we see that now as another Trump ally gets targeted by our two-tiered justice system. And they're trying to use obscure laws that they never enforce. And then, even though Democrats are guilty of the exact same violations, the Democrats' violations are completely ignored and they're only targeting enforcement on Republicans. And their claims are shaky to begin with. So from the red state. Yesterday, it was reported that the FBI played a pivotal role in orchestrating the kidnapping plot of Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. So yes, we have the government trying to go off and basically create entrapment where they are creating the plots, they are doing the recruiting, and then they go off and arrest the people that they recruited for the plot that they had orchestrated. Unbelievable. So the article continues, going well past just gathering evidence via informants, it is alleged that the FBI agents went so far as to help birth the scheme to begin with and to encourage participation in it. That goes far beyond what most would consider proper use of informants, especially if entrapment was involved. It also raises questions about the political nature of various actions taken within the DOJ and the FBI. And the DOJ and the FBI are becoming very partisan, and they are going off and thinking that their power in government is to be used to help the Democrats, to help the Democrats avoid justice, to avoid legal consequences for their actions, and to target political opponents. Remember, it was the DOJ and FBI that went along with the whole Trump-Russia collusion hoax, knowing that what they were investigating was fake, knowing that they were investigating a lie, and they didn't care. They kept up with it. They knowingly used falsified documentation, you know, made-up claims in order to try and target and subvert a Republican administration, knowingly. Meanwhile, they go off and they try to set up schemes themselves to try and engage in entrapment actions. It is unbelievable what we are seeing here. Now, it goes on. Now, another example comes to the fore uh, with the politicization of our justice system. Another Donald Trump ally 
is being prosecuted for Farav laws, provisions that formerly were never enforced and continue not to be enforced outside of Trump realm. So this is another issue. They're using an obscure law that has never actually been enforced. Yes, it's on the book, but it's never been enforced. And at most, if the government wanted to try and target you for something, you would just get a fine. You know, pay a $500 fine, pay $1,000. That would be the normal punishment here. And that continues to be the case unless you're associated with President Trump. If you're associated with President Trump, then instead of it just being ignored or a small fine, they're going off and they are trying to engage in harsh prosecution. It's a two-tiered justice system. And it goes on to read here. The question is not whether Tom Barrick violated the letter of the law. It appears he may have, and that the prosecution, when viewed in the vacuum, could be justified. Rather, the question is why Democrats, who have so clearly violated FARA laws, are not being prosecuted as well? That is a good question. Why is it that this, that this particular law is only being enforced against Trump allies and nobody else, no matter how clear the violation, no matter how much of a slam dunk evidence in case they have, it's never enforced outside of Trump's circle. Hunter Biden, it goes on to read, was being paid by a Chinese-controlled company to lobby government officials and secure deals for the CCP-connected individual. He set up meetings for his father, now, now occupying the White House, Joe Biden, with foreigners who were obviously paying him for his influence. It is also known that Hunter Biden was paid to lobby Congress on behalf of a Romanian real estate mogul. If these things are not a clear violation of FARA, then nothing is. Yet, the younger Biden, instead of being held accountable, gets to sell bad paintings to any anonymous buyer for obscene amounts of money while the media fawns. FARA laws, which had only been enforced a handful of times throughout their history until Trump came along, were used to target Paul Manafort, most recently Rudy Giuliani, had his property raided under the guise that he may have been operating as a foreign agent regarding Ukraine. But if you are a Democrat, the DOJ apparently finds no interest in, enfor in enforcing FARA laws. You may recall that one of Manafort's associates, Sam Patton, was charged as well for FARA violations regarding Ukraine. Meanwhile, Tony Podesta, a Hillary Clinton flack, and others were never touched despite it being common knowledge they lobbied for Ukraine as well without registering. Yes, we get to this problem all the time. A double standard of justice, whereby the Democrats are never held accountable for any violation of the law, no matter how minor or how severe. And yet, the laws uh, get stretched to absurd lengths in order to apply them to the Trump um, team and to try and go after and target Trump's inner circle. Why is that? This is clear corruption and abuse of power. Now, if I were to run for president and I were to become the Republican president of the United States, one of the things that I would do is I'd go off and say, hey, whoever was involved in Crossfire Hurricane, you're fired. You're not only fired, but you're going to be prosecuted for treason. Yes, I said it treason. But more to the point, everybody involved here in what's going on with these FAR violations who seek to enforce them only on the Trump administration or uh, Trump's inner circle, and yet 
never apply it, the, these laws equally to the Democrat, they would also be fired and then prosecuted for public corruption. That's how I would go about this. We need to weed these people out of government. I don't care if they're career civil servants, quote. No, we need to go through and say, hey, the next person who runs for president, whether that be Trump running again in 2024 or whether it's somebody else, we need to hold them accountable. We need guaranteed assurances that they are going to go after these people, that they are going to be fired without hesitation and prosecuted for public corruption, abuse of power, to hold them to account for why it is, if you're a Democrat, you are completely immune to the law. In fact, if you're a Democrat, you are shielded from the consequences of illegal activity that you engaged in. You are shielded by the, from that by the FBI, by the DOJ. We cannot survive the way the Democrats are setting this up. We cannot survive where we are under constant attack where free and fair elections are no longer the case, where they seek to replace voters and a two-tiered justice system where the government operates, government agencies operate as extensions of a political party. This cannot go on and it needs to stop. It needs to stop now. But I mean, what else is there really to say here? How many thousands of examples do we need of the government engaged and politically motivated witch hunt? How many thousands of examples do we need of the government operating a two-tiered justice system to try and criminalize opposition to the Democrat Party and then try to say the Democrat Party has full immunity from the law? How many thousands of examples do we need of this? And why are we the people just rolling over, throwing up our hands and going, oh, there's nothing we can do about it? Meanwhile, of course, social media is out there trying to block information to keep the population as ignorant as possible. I mean, what examples can we go off and say here? This is Putin's Russia. This is Stalin's Russia. This is Hitler's Germany. This is Mao's China. I mean, we say this, and they are factually true. And to the largest extent, maybe with the exception of all of the murders going on, you know, with the exception of murderous genocide, all of these statements are true. But it, that's become so commonplace with how the Democrats operate that just pointing it out anymore is just like, yeah, so what else is new? The Democrats are traitors. The Democrats uh, party is a criminal operation. The Democrat party is weaponizing government against freedom and democracy. And we're just going off and we've become so accustomed to how criminal the Democrat Party is. We're just like, well, if the Democrats are doing something illegal and attacking the country, that's just a day that ends in why. We must not become complacent with all of this. We need to stand up more forcibly and we need to rid this country once and for all of the cancer that is the Democrat Party. For what, 240, what, five years? You know, 240 some years now, the Democrats have been a cancer on this country who have engaged in every moral stain that they now go out and use as justification to do even worse. After 240 years, you have to realize that there is no redemption for the Democrat Party. There is no changing them. I mean, think about it. It took 100 years and a civil war to get the Democrats to, well, to force the Democrats, actually, to give up slavery. 
It took another hundred years to tr- to push through of trying to debate with Democrats to convince them that segregation was wrong, that the KKK was wrong. A hundred years. So for 200 years, it took to try and get the Democrats to recognize that the black community were our equals. And even today, they do not go along with that. Oh, sure, they changed their marketing plan, but they still go off and they target and destroy the black community wherever the Democrats are in control. You cannot reason with them. You cannot rationalize with them. You, no amount of facts, data, and evidence is ever going to matter to them. They don't care. They're authoritarian dictators. The only thing they want, and they don't care how they get to it, is for you to bend down to your knees and bow to them, to submit to their full control. That is all they are about. They don't care about right or wrong. They don't care about facts and data. They don't care about science. All they care about is control. And the followers of the Democrats, you know, the masses, they are ignorant. They have no idea what's going on. They don't know what the facts are. They have been so ideologically subverted that they cannot analyze any information and come to any reasonable, rational conclusion. They are so insulated from facts inside of a bubble through censorship and propaganda in the left-wing media and tech companies that they don't even understand what is actually happening. And they have been so brainwashed to act violently against any indisputable fact that debunks their narrative. So stop with this whole, we must have unity. No, we will not have unity so long as the Democrats' one and only objective is the complete overthrow of freedom and democracy. There's not going to be any unity on that objective. So I reject the idea of unity. Bipartisanship. No, we will not have a bipartisanship effort to destroy the country. No. Stop playing footsies with these people. Stop trying to act like these people still have any decency left in them. These aren't just misguided people. They aren't just people who are generally good with bad ideas. No, they, that line, they crossed that line a long time ago. They have gone beyond that. They truly are evil people with ideas. And in another stunning example of the Democrats trying to weaponize government, is that they are going off with their January 6th commission. Of course they are. And of course, the Republicans nominated their members to the January 6th commission, and Pelosi immediately rejects it. No, 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 no. We don't want people who want to actually get to the heart of what happened. We don't want people to actually expose the truth. No, no, no. If you're going to have Republicans on here, they're going to be rhinos that are just going to go along with whatever we want to claim. Now. After House Speaker Nancy Pelosi rejects Jim Jordan of Ohio and Jim Banks, McCarthy pulls all Republican members from the committee. And of course, Pelosi's reaction is, we're just going to continue forward. And we know exactly what's going to come out of this committee. It's going to be the same bullshit type lies that came out of the Mueller report. Things that will be debunked almost immediately. It will be a cover-up, an editing of evidence. It will be them trying to push a narrative that doesn't meet actual facts, data, or evidence. We know that it's all designed to be weaponized. It's going to be the same baseless crap that we saw in the impeachment hearing. There's no credibility to this commission. But isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting 
that they are so focused on January 6th, people being invited into the Capitol and maybe doing some stupid stuff like taking pictures of themselves sitting behind the desk of an elected member of Congress or walking on to the Senate floor being escorted by the Capitol Police, after all, to go up to the seat of the you know president of the Senate and write a letter and leave it there. They are so interested, so focused on this. Yet, yet, if you're a Democrat who engaged in violent acts of domestic terrorism, going across city to city, burning down entire communities and neighborhoods, setting fires to police stations and federal buildings, setting fires of build to buildings with people still in it, trying to engage in actual murder. No, they don't want to investigate that whatsoever. No, 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 no. We, we, we can't. We, we can't, you know, look into that. There's nothing wrong with that. Violent acts of domestic terrorism, burning down communities, setting fires to federal buildings, all for a political motive and threatening to continue that until you get an election result that you want. No, 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 no. No investigation needed there. People being invited into the Capitol and, doing, and taking pictures of themselves doing silly stuff. That's what needs to be investigated. It's the two-tier justice system, whereby the Democrats, they have no rules or laws. They are shielded from prosecution by the Department of Justice and the FBI, where Republicans are targeted and prosecuted for everything, no matter whether or not they actually did it, and trying to impose punishment that nobody has ever received under such laws. The Democrats are never prosecuted for far violations. Republicans, um, or at least Trump's team, is. All previous FARA violations and the rare times that it has been enforced have only resulted in a fine, a financial fine. With tr Trump, it's all trying to engage in criminal prosecution and jail. We are under assault at, uh, on all sides here by the Democrats who have turned their party into a criminal op operation and who have weaponized government against the people it's supposed to defend. All right, that's it uh, for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for listening in. Please leave me a rating and a review. Share this around on free speech platforms. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.